What's up, OSC family? How are we feeling this morning? How many of y'all think we need to add two minutes onto the, to the thing here for some of those that are here? Hey, well, uh, welcome to Ugly Christmas Sweater Sunday. Glad you're here. I can't think anything more ugly than cats. Um, so, hold on now, hold on now. Who are cat lovers in here? We just found out who you are. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Um, I'm kidding, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I call this my cat camo. Uh, this is my cat camo. This is what I wear at night when I kill the cats around my house. Uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Sorry, I'm kidding. But it does, just in case if they can't see me, I just wanna make sure, look, I, I add the little, the little lights on here. And so, I think it's got lights there. Let's see, does it? Yeah, has it got lights? Okay, here we go, are they on? All right. Anyways, um, so anyways, I'm not going to preach with this because you can't take the gospel seriously as you listen and watch, watch cats, but uh, this is, I just want to say this, though, if you are coming to team night tonight, there's more where this came from. I just want you to know, all right? So thank you, Coat Bear. Appreciate that. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. We are uh, starting a brand new series today called Joyful, Joyful. Look at the person next to you say, you look Joyful. Joyful. Make sure y'all put joy in there and don't just say you look full, okay? <laughs> then they wouldn't have any joy and then it would just be, wouldn't be good. Joyful. I, I feel that this is definitely a season over the next um, couple of weeks that we're going to talk about this idea of joy. What is it? What is it not? Today we're going to kind of hone in on what it is, what it's not. Uh, and then we'll talk about how do we protect it, the power of it, all these different things that are here. Um, it's been a, a heavy season. It's been uh, a lot that's been going on. People are zapped of their joy. And, and I just feel like it's time for us to get our joy back. It's time for us to get our joy back. Uh, and, and there's no greater way to get your joy back than to share a Boudreaux joke. So let's start there. So Boudreaux went to the doctor. And he was, uh, he was hurting all over. He said, doctor, I'm hurting all over, everywhere. I, everywhere you see, head to toe, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. And the doctor said, well, show me where you're hurting. He says, I'm hurting here, and I'm hurting here, and I'm hurting here, and I'm hurting here, and I'm hurting here. And the doctor said, I know exactly what's going on. He said, what is it? He said, you got a broken finger. That's, that's not even funny. So now it's not joyful. All right, so we'll keep going. All right, Luke chapter 2, let's go to the Bible. Let's try this one. Luke chapter 2. You'll get it in a minute. It'll, it's going to slowly get to the back. Luke 2, 10 through 11 says this. The angel of the Lord said to them, fear not, for behold, I am bringing you. Everybody help me with this. I'm bringing you what? Come on, we do that one again. He's bringing us what? Good news. That will be for all the people. And he says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. This, of course, is uh, before the, or actually at the arrival of Jesus being born on this earth. And 400 years of silence we get from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Nothing, God has spoken nothing. We get this exciting announcement that happens and says, I've got some good news. How many know when it's got 400 years you haven't heard from God, when you finally hear from him, that's good news. <laughs> uh, and I got some good news that has great joy for all 
people, for all people. We are in a season right now in Christmas which most Christians understand as Advent. Advent is December 1st all the way to December 24th. Advent from the Latin word is where you get the word coming, the coming. And so Advent season is a time where we celebrate the coming of Jesus and his birth in this story that we just read, but it's also the anticipation of the coming of our Savior who's not coming as a baby but coming as a king. And so we celebrate his coming, but we also have great anticipation of his second coming of when he's going to come again. And so that's what this Advent season is all about. And I don't know about you, anybody that's in this room or that's online, how many of you are glad that Jesus came down? Anybody? Because watch this. When Jesus came down, my life went up. My life went up. Because he came down, my life went up. And uh, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know who I'd be if Jesus hadn't come down. And so today, in the beginning of this series, I want to talk about this idea of the, the, the power of Jesus coming down, and because he came down, what that gives to us. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this very first thought down, and this is kind of the premise of today's message, is this. The presence of Jesus produces the present of joy. The presence of Jesus I'm so glad that God came down, that he came down, son of God, came on this earth because when he came with his presence, he brought a present. And not only was it a present of salvation and a present of faith and a present of grace and a presence of forgiveness, but one of the presents that he gave us was joy, joy. I want, to, I want us to read Psalm 1611. It speaks about this. It says this, Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. And here we go, watch this. And in your presence, there is, here we go, the fullness of joy. In your presence, there is fullness of joy, which means this. People who have Jesus should have joy. The most joyful people on the planet should be those who profess themselves as Christians. You cannot get Jesus and not get joy. It's the same as you can't get in the water and not get wet. If you get in the water, you're getting wet. If you get in Jesus, you're getting joy. It's, it's what he gives. It's part of the fruit of the spirit of what he brings to us. God created joy. Jesus was a man of joy. The Holy Spirit produces joy. The Bible is a book of joy. There are 66 books all throughout the Bible. The word joy or rejoice is 216 times in the Bible, 216 times, meaning God is pretty obsessed with joy, and he's very obsessed about you getting the joy that he has, and it's important for us as we go into this Christmas season understanding that God is committed to you getting joy. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Many of us, I do believe, know that our spiritual walk with Christ should impact our moral life. If you're a Christian, how many believe you should be living like Christ? Morally, you should be doing what he does. But most of us don't understand this, that God did not just come for you to have a good moral life. God also came because he wanted to affect your emotional life. Not just your moral, not just what you do, but how many know when Jesus comes in, he doesn't just affect what you do, he also affects how you feel. He affects the, the emotions that are inside of you, joy being one of these that he puts on the inside of us. God is so concerned about your emotions. Now, think about this. What parents, if you're a parent, raise your hand. If you're a parent in the house, parents in the house. Okay, all right. 
What parent in here is not concerned about the emotional well-being of your child? Everybody in here is extreme. When your kids come home from school and they go, how was school? And they're like, it was fine. And you go, look at me, look at me. How was school? It was okay. And then they go in the room. How many know? Mama's in here. You're like, it was not fine. And you ain't fine. And we're going to talk about who was it? What's his name? What's his middle name? What's his last name? What's his mama's name? No, we're going now. We're going to go deal with this right now. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, you get on the, like, what's going on? Because you are not just concerned about the moral life of your kids. You're also concerned about the emotional life of your kids. If your kids are sad, then, then that makes you sad. How many know you're only as good as your saddest kid? All your kids could be doing great. You got one sad kid. That's how you, you feel. And so, watch this. Just as much as us, as imperfect parents, care about the emotional stability and health of our children, how much more the father who is the perfect parent care about the emotional health of your life and my life. And so God is so consumed with what we are and how we're doing emotionally, and God doesn't want us to be just full of fickle feelings called happiness. He wants us to get to an emotional condition called joy. So I'm gonna spend the majority of this time today talking about the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness and joy. Most people can't ever step into joy because they keep misdiagnosing it as happiness. And you can't step into something that you don't know and you, don't, you can't really have joy until you know what it is that you have. And so today I want us to look at what this is. Most people feel like they've lost joy when they've really lost happiness. And God wants to give us a, a, a joy. I mean, if God gives you something, no world, no person, no thing can take away something that they never gave you. And so, so I want you to write this first thought down. What's the difference between happiness and joy? We're going to talk about the present of joy today. Happiness is triggered by the external. Joy is triggered by the internal. Come on, let's say that again. Happiness is triggered by the external. Joy is triggered by the, by the, by the internal. How many of you have ever heard this? Happiness is connected to what's happening. How many of y'all have ever heard that before? Happy, my happiness is connected to what's happening. I'm only happy based off of what is happening. Like, if I get this, I'll be happy. If I buy this, I'll be happy. If I have this, I'll be happy. If they do this, I'll be happy. It's based off of situations. It's based off of our work. It's based off of people. It's based off of places. It's based off of things. It's based off of thoughts. Here's the problem with that, though. That in order for me to be happy, everything has to be right that I can't control, and everything has to stay right. Now, last time I checked, that's a difficult order. Okay, if you're married in here, that means in order for you to be happy, your husband or your wife has to be like, that has to be really, really good. All is good there, okay? That you're in a good, healthy place. Then, then you go on, and, and then that has to be right and stay right. Then if you have children, like if you have a child, that kid has to stay right and act right and be right. And then if you got multiple ones, 
They all gotta stay right, act right, be right. And then on top of that, you gotta go to work and you gotta work with employees that better act right and do right. And then you got coworkers and a boss that doesn't stress you out. He's gotta make sure that he makes sure your happiness is at his best, you know, that he wants. And then on top of that, your body has to act right and do right and be right. How many know that ain't happening? Your marriage, your kids, your work, oh, by the way, and your money can't be funny and your change can't be strange. Like, your money's got to be good. I mean, no, because that will zap all the happiness out of you. So, so my, my marriage has got to be right. My kids have got to be right. My job's got to be right. My health's got to be right. And my finances have got to be right. When all that's right, then I'm happy. Well, how I many know if that was always right, you would probably never be happy. Because if happiness is triggered by what's happening externally, then, man, you're going to go on a crazy roller coaster. The only time you may be happy is when you go on vacation. And that's even if you go on vacation without kids. <laughs> is that not true? Because if you go on vacation with kids, it's a trip. It's not a vacation. It's actually more work. And then you're thinking about, man, all the money that I'm going to have to go and work now to pay for this vacation. And then you're stressed out again. So happiness is, is contingent on what is happening um, but I don't know about you, I don't want my happiness to be in the hands of a moody coworker. I don't want my, hand, my, my happiness to be in the hands of a temperamental teenager. I, I, want, I want what God is doing in me because that joy is this. As Christians, our joy is not dependent on what is happening around me and to me because I can rejoice in the God that is in me. I can rejoice and the God that is in me, not what's happening around me, maybe not even what's happening to me, but there is something that God is doing in me that can produce something in me that's greater than what's happening externally. Now listen, there is nothing wrong with being happy. I pray that we are happy. I, I, I want us to have fun. I mean, I think a lot of what Jesus did was fun and happy. I, there's a reason why kids loved being around Jesus. I think there was just something about Jesus that, that drew kids to him. So I think there's something about the emotion of happiness, but we've just got to realize life is more than just what's external. Come on, how many know it's what God's doing on the internal? It's what God's doing on the inside. Back in the day, growing up in a private school and a Christian upbringing, one of the, the songs back in the day was, I've got the joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? I've got the joy, 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 down in my, down in my, yeah, because I'm so happy. <laughs> and it was always like the worst Sunday school teacher that was the meanest person that led us in that song. She's like, I'm so happy, so happy. I'm like, dear God, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Because you're not. <laughs> that is exactly right. So I want you to notice, though, it says, I've got the joy, joy, joy down in, not my job, not in my relationships, not in my kids, not in my finances. No, no, no. God's put a joy down in my heart that even when all that's not good, that doesn't ever get taken from me. It doesn't. It doesn't. Watch what Psalms 30 says. I love this. Psalms 30, verse 5. Weeping may last through the what? Through the night, but comes with the, come on, let's say it again. Weeping may last through the, the night, but what's coming? Joy comes when? 
It's coming in the morning. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, it's morning time. It's morning time. Hey, listen, morning time represents that the season of darkness is, is over. Season of darkness is over. And that's not to say that it's not a heavy time, but how I many know that sun rises again and the morning comes again? There's been seasons, I know, where it just feels like it is, there's weeping and darkness, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. God, give us the joy of the morning. And I wrote this down. How I'm doing does not depend on how things are going. How I'm doing does not depend on how things are going. If it doesn't look good yet, it's because God's not done yet. God is working. And that's, that's this inner confidence and joy that we have that's not based off of what's happening externally, but based off of what's going on internally. Notice that, that there was weeping. And we'll talk about that in just a minute because I think at times we think that if I'm going to be joyful, then I can never be sad. I can never weep. I can never cry. I can never mourn. I can never feel angry. I can never feel these emotions because I'm supposed to be happy. I'm getting a divorce. No, like that's not what we're talking about here. Now, for some of you, maybe that is happy. I don't, that's a whole nother that's February series coming up. Okay, so <laughs> happiness is triggered by the external. Joy is triggered by the internal. Let's go to number two. Happiness is based on a situation. Joy is based on a revelation. Joy is based on a revelation. It's not what, what it is. It's who he is. I love what uh, Dr. Darius Daniels, he said this. He said, joy, watch this, is a sense of jubilation based on a revelation that my well-being rests securely in the hands of God who is producing a favorable outcome for me. This is good. I'm going to read it again. This is so good. Joy is a sense of jubilation based on a, on a what? On a revelation that my well-being does not rest on my job, does not rest on my family, does not rest on a person, does not rest on a situation. My well-being rests securely in the hands of a God who is producing a favorable outcome for me. So, I, let me just speak to this. There's all these news outlets that are coming about a, another wave of, of coronavirus and the different, you know, strands of it that's coming. Listen to me. He's got the whole world in his hands. Okay. So watch. So I'm not afraid. Like, I pray fear gets off of you. That the joy of the Lord would be your strength to go, God, God, you got this. You got this. And every time you click on that news or you scroll through that feed and you see that and that thing wants to jump off of you, you just remind, he's got the whole world in his hands. That this, this virus is under his control that this, this financial situation that we're going through as a nation is in his control. And that's not based off of a situation. That's based off of a revelation of who he is. That means that when I'm in the middle of a tough situation, I can have a revelation that the situation doesn't have the final say because Jesus always has the final say. 
He always has the final say. The Apostle Paul, as we know, had every right to complain. He had every right to be in a bad mood. He had every right to, to ask people to constantly be praying for him because every time he seemed like he was doing things for the Lord, with the Lord, everything was going wrong. The, the Bible talks about how he was shipwrecked and like floating in the sea for days on the driftwood. Finally gets to the shore, goes to start making a fire, and a poisonous snake bites him on the hand. Talk about bad day. <laughs> the boat didn't make it. Now you got bit, all right? But if you continue to read the story of what God does through that, actually saves the whole island because of what he's walking through. Then we see stories where, where Paul talks about how he was beaten with the lashes. The same beatings that Jesus took with the lashes, Paul took five times. Five times. All right? And yet, and yet, imprisoned, falsely accused, and yet we get the most joyful book in all of Scripture in prison in Philippians chapter 4. Watch this, Philippians chapter four. Paul pens these words. Always be full of joy. Always be full of joy. Now if we stopped it there, all of us would be in great despair. I don't know how to do that. Well he gives the answer as you continue to read. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And then I say it again. Rejoice. 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 The word rejoice is used 287 times. And the word joy is found 18 times in Philippians. 18 times. The most joyous book in the Bible came out of the darkest, most painful place. How can you do that? It's when you understand that happiness is not based off of the situation. It is joy is based off of a revelation of who he is. So even when I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for my God is with me. He is my comforter. He is the beginning and the end. He has never left me. He has never forsaken those who have sought him. He is faithful, 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 faithful. And even if I get a diagnosis or even if I get a laid off or if even I get, I'm telling you, it's just amazing if we can just have the revelation that God's got this. God's got this. He's got this. He's got this. But I'm telling you, if, you're, if your eyes are set on worldly things, you will ride the roller coasters of your emotions of happiness. I'm happy. I'm not happy. I'm happy. I'm not happy. But understanding that God's got something deeper and greater that he's trying to plant on the inside of you, which is a joy that, like I said, no one can take away. So happiness is based on a situation. Joy is based on a revelation. Number three... Happiness comes from feelings. Joy comes from faith. Happiness comes from feelings. Joy comes from faith. No greater, most joyful person we know in all of history than Jesus. We see that all throughout the Gospels. You see he was a man full of the Spirit and full of joy. And Hebrews gives us, articulates to us, 
what the joy was, what the purpose of it was, and how, God, how Jesus, the Son of God, used it in spite of all that he walked through. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, says this. Everybody help me here. Watch, watch, what, watch what we see. We see some ingredients on how do we keep this joy. Looking to who? To Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the what? The joy that was set before him endured the cross. Looking to Jesus as our example, he is the example. As I look to Jesus, who is my example, here's the example that he set. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He was able to endure the cross in the present for the joy in the future. Mama's in here. If you've ever, well, you have because you're a mama, okay? When you were pregnant and you had to go through the months and months of pains and hungers and more pains and things aching, what allowed you to continue to press in and press through was the joy that was set before you that one day all this pain had a purpose, right? If you were going to be pregnant just to be pregnant with no baby on the end, you'd be like, sign me out. Truth? Okay. But the fact that you know that there is a delivery that is coming with one of the greatest packages God could ever give you on the planet, you were enduring what you had to endure because you knew what was coming ahead of you. And, and Jesus' activity on the cross reveals the distinction between feelings, the feelings of happiness, and the emotional condition of joy. Think about this. He's on the cross and has joy, but still has pain. Let me, let me explain this to you. He's on the cross with pain, but has joy. He, he is committed to continue to minister to others even while he himself is under the most excruciating pain you can imagine. He looks to the thieves on both sides and ministers to them even in the midst of his greatest pain that he had. This is what he is, right, Chess? He had pain, but pain didn't have him. And as followers of Jesus and as Christians, I can never guarantee you that you will not go through pain. If anything, you probably will go through more than others. But joy is something that is huge because when you have joy, it doesn't mean you have pain. It just means joy won't let pain have you. Do y'all get that? Joy will not let pain make you captive 
to the pain, and then what ends up happening is, is we allow the pain to make us introspection. It makes us constantly thinking about ourselves, and if you notice, the example of Jesus, the example of Paul, these guys went through pain, but because they had a joy that resided on the deep inside of them, they could still minister to others, be a blessing to others, help others, even though their pain was still being inflicted upon them. And this is how you know you are maturing as a Christian, is that when life's not good for you, you don't stop being good to others. This is what we do. We become introspection. It's, it's about me. And listen, there's self-help and, and uh, self-awareness, and we do need to take care of ourselves. I'm not saying nothing wrong with taking care of ourselves. We need to make sure we do that. I don't think we do that enough. But when I hear people say, man, I'm just going through a hard season, so I'm just going to back out right now. I'm just, I'm just going through a hard time. No, that's when you should press in. That's when you should press in. Because guess what? Now, one of the greatest witnesses was when Jesus was on the cross and, 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 and he's ministering to these, to these thieves and he's also ministering to his disciples that are, that are on the ground. I mean, joy can coexist simultaneously with contradictory feelings. You can be grieving the loss of a loved one but still have joy. You can be sad that one chapter of your life is over but still have joy because Jesus is with you. Lindsay and I... Uh, one of our, our guys that speaks into our life was telling us, he's like, I got a word for you. I think this is a word for y'all. Terracited. I was like, terracited? He's like, yeah, you're terrified and excited at the same time. <laughs> so I was talking about like just upcoming months and as we come into the years, I'm like, man, I'm scared and excited. And he's like, that's terracited. You're terracited. I was like, yeah, I guess that's what I am. I'm terrified, but at the same time, Man, overly excited about what God wants to do. Terrified in my, my own strength, but excited because of God's strength. Y'all go around saying, like, I'm terrified to step out in faith, but then I know that God is always faithful to his word. And so feelings come, uh, happiness comes from feelings, but joy comes from faith. Yet again, you can, you can be weeping and rejoicing at the same time. At the same time. We don't have to neglect our feelings, but at the same time know that our feelings do not dictate my disposition, and my feelings definitely do not dictate my faith. And when too many people have allowed their feelings to dictate their faith, because I'm feeling bad, God must be bad, that's wrong. Because how many know, just because it's going bad doesn't mean it is bad. And just because things are hard in your life doesn't mean God's not good. How many know, life is hard and God is good. And those can simultaneously coexist. Life is hard and God is good all at the same time. And so today I'm, I'm, I'm praying that you would walk out of here not negating what you're walking through, that it may be a hard season. But just understanding that God's given you something to get through the hard season. It's given something on the inside, which leads to the last thing, and that is this. Happiness happens by chance. Joy happens by choice. Happiness happens by chance. Joy happens by choice. So yesterday, I finally got to do a bucket list. Finally. 
It's been, it's been eight months, well, almost 10 months in the making. Um, back in February, my staff bought me a bucket list item, and that was for me to go skydiving. I went skydiving yesterday. By choice. I, I, jumped, I jumped out of a plane by choice. Um, so ten, uh, let me tell you something, though. When you get to 10,000 feet and they open the door, you start second-guessing your choices. And when they say, can you step out on this little ledge right here? Like my feet weren't moving at, for a moment there. Um, but my wife was on the ground, okay? So my wife's on the ground, and I'm up in the air, okay? And watch this. Both of those were our choices because I wanted her to go with me. Ain't nothing like building a marriage and both of you go at the same time, but then something happens. Somebody's got to keep the family. So, all right, so. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, Miss Tracy's got enough kids. She don't need my kids too, so. Here's why I bring this up. Because two people can look at the same situation and two, see two totally different things. I saw that and I was like, yes! She saw that and she was like, heck No! And then after I got done and I, she was like, you just confirmed I'll never do this. <laughs> Joy has the ability for us to see things differently than everybody else. Watch this, watch this. Because of the joy that God gives us on the inside, I can see a really bad situation, a really difficult situation, and not see it as an obstacle, but see it as an opportunity. James 1 says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various trials. Well, how can I do that? Because you know that the testing of your faith is producing something on the inside of you. Do I understand it? Nope, but I don't have to understand it in order to obey it because that's faith. And so I choose to say, you know what, God? Help me to see this situation in a way that you see it. God, I wanna choose joy today. Life, they say this, this isn't a, a scriptural thing, but life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. And I believe that really to be true. Because here we are, Paul's in prison and saying, hey, always be full of joy, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. As a man who responds in a way that is countercultural to what, how we respond. And so when we say things like this, watch this, when we say things like, well, he put me in a bad mood. No, they didn't. You chose to be in it because your joy is under your jurisdiction. Nobody takes it. You give it away. You give it away. Nobody can put you in a bad mood. Nobody can do these things for you. They didn't make me happy. Well, since when has their job responsibility been to make you happy? As far as I know, that's never been my job responsibility. Jesus his presence, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So if I am joyless, it's probably because I'm Jesus-less. Because when I'm Jesus-full, I'm joyful. I'm joyful. Joy makes you an internal optimist. And I love what Habakkuk says when we're going to end here. Last verse. Watch this. Habakkuk 3, verse 17 through 19 says, everybody say these first two words. 
even though, now watch this. Watch what he's going to go walk, he's going to start talking about. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, and even though the olive crops fail, and the fields lie empty and barren, this is, this is all stuff that's not good. If you're a farmer, not good. We're not just talking about not good crops. We're talking about like you have no money. You have nothing to provide for your family. Even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet, yet, everybody say yet, yet, I what? I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Come on, even though, even though, yet I will. Even though, yet I will. What happens in the middle determines by your choice. Even though this is going on, yet I will. Come on, how many know you can choose bitterness? You can choose misery. You can choose to be miserable. I can also, though, choose to rejoice. I can also choose to have faith. I can also choose to believe that God is who he says he is and God can do what he says he can do. I choose to believe that it's not a one-time thing. I mean, no, this is a daily thing. I'm off to wake up tomorrow and battle discouragement and battle the things that come my way and go, yeah, even though it may look bad and even though my bank account may be this way and even though there may be some drama in my family and even though there may be hardships that are going on at work, I'm going to get up and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in who he is. I'm going to rejoice for what he's done. I'm going to continue to have the perspective of what Christ can do and is doing on the inside of me. What, what this joy does God, give us this joy that no matter what we're walking through, it's not conditional based off of what's happening around me, but it's, it's based off of who you are in me. I, I pray that there would be this emotional condition of joy that gets planted on the inside of you that comes only from Jesus. Because as you spend more and more time with Jesus, how many know he gives you more faith, more belief, more hope for all that you're walking through? Happiness happens by chance. Joy happens by choice. And so, I, I want to give us a challenge. I'm going to end with a challenge. I was telling my wife this um, two days ago. I said, if there's any area that I feel like the Lord is dealing with me in, it's one of my strengths that I have is to be able to look at a situation and figure out how to make it better. It's also my kryptonite because everything is not good enough. Everything in my life's not good enough, everything I do is not good enough. And so I can take what's a strength and, and, and watch this, and the enemy can take it though and use it against me. And he does, does a lot. And I was telling Lindsay the other day, I said, man, I just feel like in this season, I need to be more encouraging, more affirming, and more spotting and looking at the goodness of God than just what I'm lacking in. Anybody there? Anybody like, that's me, that's me. I'm telling you right now, I, I feel like in this season, in order for us to get our joy back, 
we're gonna have to wake up intentionally and begin to think through, God, what have you blessed me with? God, what are you doing in me? Not why am I going through it, but God, what is happening on the inside of me? And maybe this, God, what have you done that I can remind myself of so I can encourage myself in the Lord, knowing that even though I'm walking through this, you walked me through that back and then, and you were faithful then. If you're faithful then, you'll be faithful now. Are y'all with me? And so here's the challenge. The challenge is I want us to just have some gratitude challenge. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a couple of thoughts. Number one, don't walk out of this room or this building without going up to somebody and just telling them what you see in them. Can we do that? Just as a, as a family right here. It may be your spouse. If you wanna start there, that might be easy for you. Maybe somebody else. Just walk up to them and say, man, I just see God doing this in you. I'm gonna tell you, man, that, that speaks to people. That speaks to people. I want us to be people who are generous with our words. Generous with our words. Man, I see God doing in this in you. And I I pray that that starts here before you leave. Let's practice it. Before you leave, just find somebody. Maybe maybe it's a text message. Maybe it's a phone call. And then I want to practice this week. This is what I want us to practice this week. I want us to practice this week, all throughout this week, starting Monday morning, that you would wake up every morning and before you get on social and email and work calls and text messages and all that stuff, I, I want us just to begin a habit this week of waking up and just giving thanks to the Lord for who he is and what he's done in your life. Do you know how much gratitude and joy that produces up in your heart? Because we all have a tendency to wake up and immediately see all the things we have to do and all the things that are not working and all the things that are not good But how many know, whatever you focus on, you get more of. You get more of. You get more of. Father, we love you. God, we just thank you for this season. We thank you that as we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus came down. Came down. Humbled himself. Lived a life we couldn't live. He died a death, God, that took our sins our shame and our guilt and he took all of that so that he could have not only relationship with us not only to pay for the sins of this world and to uh, God give us a relationship back with the father but Jesus came to bring presence and one of the greatest presents that he brought was the presence of joy I pray that God over these next coming weeks that that people would get their joy back they would get their joy back. Pray what the enemy has tried to steal and distract. Holy Spirit, would you just begin to speak to your people? Would you encourage them? Would you remind them of your faithfulness? God, you remind them of their goodness, of your, of your goodness? Would you remind them of how, how proud you are of them? God, would you draw them to yourself? Fill us with Jesus, because when we're full of Jesus, we know we're full of joy. God, may we, may we press into your presence. May we press into your presence. We want more of you in this season. God, we know all the commercializing of of this holiday and the the busyness of this holiday. God can just keep us in such a place that that we, we are missing the whole purpose of this season, which is to stop, celebrate your coming, and have great anticipation of your second coming. God, I pray, Lord, that you would minister to your people this week. 
God, may we be people of joy as we walk around, as we go to work, as we're in our homes. God, create our homes to be places of joy. May this church be a place of joy. May our workplaces, God, may we be able to walk into our workplaces and create an atmosphere of joy, God, that it would overflow out of us, God, that what you fill us in would overflow and spill out of us. We pray all that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen.